This episode of the Motorcyclist Podcast is brought to you by Arai Helmets. Arai builds handcrafted helmets designed for the protection and comfort of every rider. Arai has six decades of experience and focus on protecting you. Sign up for the monthly Arai newsletter to get all the latest updates and information at AraiAmericas.com. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the Motorcyclist Podcast. Joining me today is my good buddy and colleague, Justin Dawes. Justin is the senior editor at Cycle World. Hey guys, how's it going? Adam, always good to be here with you. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us today. Justin was one of the first people to test ride Yamaha's 2020 Tenere 700. And That's that was right. last year. It was over a year ago. And it was a 2020 not a 2021 so european model the saga of yamaha's tenere 700 and the t7 they originally teased this motorcycle what four years ago yeah long time ago 2015 maybe i think it was the fall of the 16 maybe. yeah maybe 16 uh but it seems like it was a decade ago yeah it really <laughs> does you know so they came out with this concept motorcycle that remember that it looked awesome. Oh, it looked full-on rally bike. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it looked really, really capable and exciting. And then, you know, as things do with, with production bikes, they they keep the character of the concept bike as much as they can. But to be honest, if you looked at the concept bike closely, you would notice that it had a astronomical seat height because it had a really flat seat, a really flat tank. So it was it was not conducive for human people to actually do adventure touring on. It had a really nice aluminum tank it too, did. where the yeah. the production bike is a steel sure. unit. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but I gotta say, looks wise, they really kept close to the concept bike, and it really does mirror. I wouldn't say mirror, but resembles their rally bikes quite a bit. And I think that's really cool with the four headlights and. You know, just that um, big, you know, clear shield for the front. Like, it, it's cool looking. Yeah, I mean, that quad that quad projector style headlamps, it it really does look very similar to the bike Andrew Short, you know, the WR450F that he's competing in the Dakar Rally yeah, on. Yeah, it, it really does look, look like one. So um, I got to give him huge props for that because it, it is probably one of the cooler looking adventure bikes out there. Yep, in my yep. Opinion. So Justin, he we talked about this just now. He was one of the first uh, journalists to test ride this bike in, I believe, was it Spain? It was in Spain. Yeah, it was in Spain. Uh, and the whole international contingent was there. Um, they ran like three or four waves of, of journalists through the thing. Um, we were one of the first. Uh, I think we were the, the first or the second wave. Um, and they took us on like... A real decent ride it was it was uh two days of riding rather than just one quick day where you spend half your day shooting photos and then they're half riding um we actually got a lot of riding and just a little bit of shooting which was cool we really got to ride the bike understand the bike and get to know the bike rather than get a quick kind of feel for the bike which sometimes happens. Talk about the terrain that you guys rode it on. So we rode it uh, mainly uh, the first day was some street, and then we hit a lot of dirt roads, a lot of um, farm roads and mountain dirt roads, 
most of it not too uh, too rough um, until the end of this first day. Then we got into some really fun stuff that had some water bars across the road, some big washouts, and got to really kind of get a more of an off-road uh, feel for the thing rather than just dirt road sliding, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but it wasn't like super hardcore desert riding like we did for the 790 Adventure R. That's mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah, Morocco and uh, Spain are a little bit different. Not saying that you can't tread in gnarly terrain in Spain, but it seems like yeah, Morocco is Morocco, more, it's a lot, more a lot, the place. A lot more no rules, go where you want. Yep. Make your own line type of place where Spain, you got to stay on the, you know, the, the trails that are there and the paths that are made, and um, which is fine. Uh the type of stuff we did would probably be the upper limit of most people's adventure bike riding anyways. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, it gave us a real good feel for the average Joe that wants to go ride an adventure bike. Yep. Yep. Fast forward about a year later. And now I had a chance to ride it when Yamaha announced that they'd be importing this motorcycle into us, into the U S North American market for 2021. And, you know, I just wrapped up riding it up in in San Bernardino Mountains, you know, where we've ridden a bazillion times yep. before, up by Pinnacles and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So now Justin and I both have had the opportunity to ride this motorcycle, albeit in different specification. He obviously was riding the European spec model, where I rode the, the USA spec yeah. model. And in terms of the differences... It's not a lot. It's not a lot, I guess. Uh, very similar. So I would say that uh, we both... Although riding different specs, pretty much rode the same bike. Yep, yep. I think Yamaha said really only the different specification on this bike was just the fuel mapping, mm -hmm. and that was about it. Yeah. And, you know, the Tenere 700, I, I think Yamaha did a great job with that bike. I think overall, they did an excellent job with that bike. Um, let's talk about the motor first. Like The motor is a really good engine for adventure bikes it's like punchy it's fun uh it's tractable mm -hmm. and it has to be tractable because it doesn't have any electronics exactly i mean when yamaha came out with that parallel twin cp2 689 cc engine you know i think 2015 was when they came out with it it you just knew right away that this engine would be good in very many things yes and over the years, Yamaha has slid that powertrain in very many things. Yeah. And like you said, it it really is adept in that platform. It's got a lot of torque. It sounds cool. Uh, it's small. It's packaged well. And you know, it's it's a not super complicated engine. So I think Yamaha can can not not saying that it's not technologically advanced by any means, but. Yamaha can afford to make this engine for not a lot of money. Yeah, it's a it's a a platform uh, engine, so you know it like you said, shared between a bunch of different bikes, which brings the cost way down in manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, and but it's really suited well, and it's flexible enough to do all kinds of things. Like it's really good for a street bike motor, but it's also like I said, it's really the I think it's actually the high point of the Tenere Seven Hundred is the engine. That's my favorite part of the whole bike. Is the engine? Yeah. What 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 do you think of the the rest of the powertrain, like the clutch and and the and the the the, the transmission, the, the gearing, all of that? I, I remember not being uh, having any issues with it. I think overall it it was pretty darn good. It's the clutch is 
pretty good with the feel. It's it's not too heavy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, but you know, it's a cable clutch, not hydraulic. Yeah, it's a cable clutch, but honestly, I thought it worked really good. The feel yep. was nice. Had a nice progressive uh, pull on it, mm-hmm. and it didn't fade. No, and, and it just worked really yeah, good. It, it worked great. Um, I think the gear selection, um, the gear spacing on it was really good. Um, it didn't seem to be too buzzy at the top end, um, and it was it had plenty of spunk down below. So I think it's great. I mean, it's not it doesn't have really tall gearing and really long legs on it, mm-hmm. uh, but that's okay. You don't you really don't need to be going, you know, hundred miles an hour on that thing, anyways. No, but it's so. perfectly capable of cruising at eighty miles per hour on the oh, freeway. Oh yeah, totally fine, totally good. So and when you are cruising at eighty miles an hour, that windscreen. Is actually pretty good. That windscreen, I like it a lot, but the only problem I had is, if you can even believe this, this sounds so retarded, but that AGV, uh, that new AGV carbon uh, fiber dual yep. sport AX7 helmet they came out with, for whatever reason, the, the, the visor on this helmet, unlike conventional dirt bike helmets or dual sport street bike helmets, the visor is only attached at two points. So on the left and the right, left and right. There's no center thing, no center mounting point. So just for whatever reason, that dynamic of the visor with the windshield was fully incompatible. And I was literally losing my mind (laughs) on the road because I had this weird, like humming frequency. And I tried to shift the visor all the way up and all the way down. And the range of adjustment wasn't big enough to, 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 to mitigate that vibration. And I, I thought I was going on insane while I was riding this bike. I've never had that happen. <laughs> I so. I feel your pain because the same thing happened to me on the BMW XR uh, BMW S one thousand XR. Oh week. yeah, yeah, we were talking I had a about Tour that. Tech helmet. Yes, and it does the same thing. It only has the mounting points on the sides, not in the middle. And I was doing the same thing. It I think it, it's just a a function not of the windscreen, but more of those helmets just catch the wind like if you stand up out of the wind out of the the buffeting mm-hmm. totally cool but if it has even a little bit of buffeting it just it just amplifies it and it just sends it into your brain and everything goes fuzzy yeah it was it was almost debilitating and you know i started thinking about it and that's you know we'll talk about this maybe some other podcasts but that's what really separates the men from the boys in the motorcycle helmet manufacturing spectrum like the mm-hmm. guys who do it right they have a wind tunnel, yes. and they test the bejesus out of these helmet configurations mm-hmm. and these visors. The yeah. guys who don't maybe do it the best, they don't, yeah. or maybe don't do enough of it. Or do it as much, or yes. they don't have a wider a wide range of test dummies, you know what I mean, on the street. Because, man, we'll just say, if you had a test rider and you put them on any type of bike with a windscreen, they would have found that problem with yeah. both of those helmets. Yep. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Windscreen is not adjustable it's fixed position yeah yeah but for me uh it seemed to work pretty decently granted i was wearing a dirt bike helmet mm-hmm. i was wearing a arai um dirt bike helmet so vx pro 4 is that what that, X, the nomenclature is X, now i don't yeah. remember they're great helmets it's uh, one of my favorite helmets super yeah. comfortable um vfx so, pro 4 i pro think 4. it is yeah yep. so it uh i didn't have any issues and i wore goggles the whole time I didn't have any issues with buffeting. I didn't have any issues with weird um, dust eddies or anything in the, in the off-road. And it kept the wind off of my front of my body, which is what it should do. So for me, perfect. 
I really like that Yamaha integrated, you know, it's super simple, but just that aluminum cross pad where you can mount, you know, your doodads. Yep. Yep. You can mount your, your GPS or whatever, and you, you're going to need it because that is probably one of the most basic dashes on a motorcycle I've ever seen. It's not a bad thing though. Easy to read. I don't big ABS off button that knows so yeah, you know exactly that, when the, the, the ABS, ABS off, is off. The ABS off button is awesome. Like I totally applaud him for that. You stall but, the engine and the ABS stays off. Thank God. Yes, this is true. But the tack, the tack is ridiculous. It goes up one side and then across the top. <laughs> That's kind of silly. To yeah, me. yeah. Um, but I mean, let's get to the reasoning behind. A Spartan Dash mm. doesn't have electronics, and it doesn't need them, and it's all because of price point. Yeah, right. So this bike is one dollar less than ten thousand dollars. Yeah, which is really when we when you think about it, I mean, a four fifty dirt bike costs more, and a lot of I mean, some yeah. Japanese manufacturers is less than ten grand, but there's other manufacturers where a four fifty motocross bike with one cylinder. And 450 cc's that you cannot ride on the street at all, competition only, is over 10 grand. Exactly. So to get a street legal motorcycle that you can ride off road with a twin cylinder mm-hmm. engine, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's the price of some entry level motorcycles and other brands yeah. lineup. Yeah. So, uh, I think it, that part of it right there makes it extremely enticing for many adventure bike riders. And I think that's why so many people have been waiting and clamoring for this bike and freaking out, like, when is it going to be here? Yeah. Because it's such a low price. It's like, I could go buy a KTM 790 Venture R or GS 850 or whatever, but I'm going to spend 30-something percent more Mm -hmm. where I can buy this thing and save that money for traveling, for upgrades, Mm -hmm. Or whatever you're going to do with it. Or just have more money in the bank. Yeah. And, you know, we've both ridden the 790 Adventure R and the 790 Adventure Base. And, you know, the thing I really like about this Tenere 700 is it's just, it's a really forgiving, easy bike to ride on and off pavement. If you're someone mm-hmm. who doesn't have a lot of, you know, adventure bike riding experience or a lot of dirt bike riding experience, you can ride this thing off road you know, at a mellow pace and you still get all the right feelings. Yeah. You know, you get the feeling of the fork compressing, you you get the feel of the traction uh, of the engine. It's just a mellow bike to ride. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I know there's always people out there that they get into a new sport and they want to buy the most expensive thing, the most high performance, this and that. But there's a lot to be said with this Tenere 700 for just getting your teeth wet and getting for a feel for things before you get into the sure. Adventure R market. Yeah, and I, I think actually for most people, they would never actually need an Adventure R. So um, I think for 90% of adventure riders, or maybe even more than 90%, the, the Tenere 700 is more than enough. It's more than capable. Um and there's only a, a few little faults that I find in the bike, you know. Mm. Um, is let's that, get to those things. Yeah, let's get to those. So I think you and I kind of disagree on this this first fault. The two faults both have to do with slowing down. Ah, the, first the one, brakes. The first one is the front brake. The front brake. The front brake. I thought that the front brake was underpowered 
and just it wasn't that it was wooden it just didn't have any power it always felt like i needed more or i wanted more from the lever it just felt like it got to a certain point and it just stopped working but it didn't feel wooden it just didn't have any more power left yeah if that makes any sense no man i totally agree with you like it's an interesting bike because when you look at it you see you know four piston uh brembo calipers mm -hmm. like yamaha they don't i'm not gonna say never but it's few and far between where they're putting brembo branding on their calipers they're yeah. using yep so brembo branded four piston calipers up front and you know while we're talking about the front brakes that's the one thing i kind of like about the yamahas how those brakes are they're like nestled inside the wheel almost so it's just like one less thing you don't have to worry about hitting yeah. when you're on trail yep but but you're right the the power they they're not the most powerful brakes but at the same time I, I feel like they don't really have to be man you know well i mean i guess it goes back to the uh the 90 percent story that we're kind of telling with the tenere is that it's pretty good for 90 percent of people and the brakes are about 90 percent there totally for most people but i think if you're a we'll say intermediate to advanced off-road rider and you get on this bike you're going to be disappointed in the brakes possibly that's fair to say possibly especially on the street you know on the street for you sure know, but like, even in the dirt like in the dirt i was like geez i wish i had more brake a few times like it just didn't seem to to have the the slowdown power that i wanted yeah i i totally agree with you about the power thing but the thing i liked about the front brakes is how much feel they had like yeah. to me they had a lot of feel so yeah. even though they don't have necessarily a ton of stopping power you can really feel how much bite is available at that tire at that pirelli scorpion yeah. str front I'll, tire. i'll give you that the 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 they they did they were communicative but yeah so i guess it's kind of like eh, i'll give them like a I'll give them a, a C plus or B minus mm, mm. in the brake category. Back brake. Oh man, the back brake. The back brake. You were really critical of it. Yes, of it. the back brake is useless. You can take <laughs> the thing off it's the not bike. useless. You Come can on. Take it off. Well, it stops. It, sort it, of. It locks up. Yeah, it locks that's, up. That's all it does. It it definitely doesn't have any feel. Mm. Um, so you get on the brake, the rear brake, and if you're on the street and you have the ABS on, you go from basically no power to abs actuation mm. and if you're in the dirt and you have the abs off you go from no power to lock up and that's basically it for that rear brake it's it's really strange i i haven't ridden a yamaha yamaha motorcycle you know a modern yamaha where the rear brake actuation is so you know on or off it was very very strange i don't know why they would do something like that and when yeah. you're riding, you know, you know how it is when you're riding a dirt bike or really any bike, you want a very, you know, strong and communicative rear brake, you know, mm -hmm. especially for a dirt bike, because yeah. you're going to be using the back brake all the time. You're going to be using it all the time. You use it to set yourself up for corners, slow yourself down in corners, mm -hmm. you know, keep the chassis settled in like a berm or a tight corner. Like you use the rear brake so much for it to be that kind of off is, is very strange for Yamaha. And I yeah. don't understand how that could have really happened other than they were like it's a dirt it's going to be in the dirt a lot and it's fine for people yeah that's if, all i can think like if, if it was ducati we'd be like yeah that's totally normal you yeah, know yeah, but... they just they, they, uh, we'll just it's send fine. it you know <laughs> but you know for for yamaha to miss that point i think that was probably one of the biggest misses on the bike and the bike doesn't have a lot of misses it doesn't right 
Um, so I think maybe braided lines and some upgraded brakes, and then you have an amazing motorcycle. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to, to throw some braided lines at it, maybe a little bit thicker uh, width brake disc, you mm -hmm. know, just play with some options there. I mean, it could be a pad. It could be a pad material. Issue. Yeah, it could be just as easy as changing the, the pads, you know. I, we don't know. We're going to get one eventually to test mm. um, for long term, and we will play around with some of that stuff because I think that's the only thing that really you know, I had an issue with. The suspension was awesome. I think it was, the suspension was really good. It was a little soft, but that's okay. It's an adventure bike. It's not a dirt bike. Yeah. Really fun. I, for, for someone who's going to be riding at a, you know, mellow to, you know, medium pace and not really whomping on the bike, I think the suspension is killer. It's killer for that person. Mm -hmm. You know, because the suspension has a little bit more, you know, pitch when you're on the brakes, pitch when you're on the throttle, it really, like we were riding in that dusty, dry, hard pack up in San Bernardino. It hasn't rained in months here. When it doesn't rain here for months, the dirt gets slicker than snot. Yeah. But that bike had a lot of grip. Like it mm -hmm. had a lot of traction. And I was really amazed. And if the suspension was stiffer, I guarantee you that traction would not be like that. Yeah, I think that helps with, with the traction feel definitely on the bike. Um, I mean, it handles big bumps pretty well. Um, you can bottom the thing out and it still goes straight. It doesn't kick and do anything weird. So mm -hmm. it's really a nice, stable off-road chassis. So I like that. Like you can hit something that maybe you shouldn't have hit so fast mm -hmm. and it's not going to go sideways on you and, and badly. Like you're going to go bang. You're going to hear the shock bottom out. You're going to go, Ooh, ow, wow. That was kind of hard, but you're not going to get pitched all crazy, um, on it. So I think they did a great job on the suspension, but talking about traction, I, the, as tractable and as cool as the engine is, sometimes I still wish it had traction control, but then it'd be more expensive. So it's like this really weird, like balancing act that some days when I'm on, when I, when we were there at the, the press launch, there were some sections I was like, man, this thing does need traction control. Mm. Cause you'd really try to like jam it out of a corner really hard, like really like get racy with it. And it would kind of pitch around and, and. You would lose traction. You'd have to back off of the power where you're getting used to adventure bikes sorting that out for you, sort of, where you just jam the throttle on even the dirt and it kicks out a little bit and then it just stays out there and everything's fine. Um, where now with this bike, you have to be back to an analog traction control, which is your wrist, and you have to be mindful of it. Yeah. But that said, it's less than $10,000. So exactly. What I, am I complaining about? I, I didn't really... Like, to me, that engine feels like it has organic traction control just built into it, you know, with the heavy flywheel and the way it spools up and just how friendly it is to ride. But at the same time, I mean, the 390 Adventure KTM costs $6,200, and it mm -hmm. has IMU power traction control. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, it, it, you know, who knows uh, price-wise what that thing would have been if they added traction control. Um I mean, it's a lot of work. They would have to update a lot of systems on the bikes, the EFI, the, you know, there's a lot of stuff they'd have to do. So I can't fault them for not putting it on it, but sometimes I kind of wish it was there. Yep. Yeah. That's all. But as a whole, I think if anybody asked me, should I buy a 10 or a 700? My answer to most of them would be yes. And that's the that's the short answer of it. 
You know what I mean? It, yeah. It, for almost anybody, the answer yes is the correct answer. Yep. What about you personally? Would you plop Whew. down the cash to get one? Mm, no, I. I still think I would spend the money for a 790 Adventure R, um, just because of the added goodies that it has in terms of a little bit better suspension, um, actually a decent amount better suspension, mm -hmm. uh, trash control, you know, all these different ride modes and things like that. It To me, it makes a difference, and I, I really like that I can kind of customize the bike a little bit, mm -hmm. but if, I don't know, man, if, if, if budget was a, a, a strong concern, then maybe I would buy the Tenere 700. Yeah, the, the way I see it is, you know, if you're new to adventure riding or, or you're not really, you know, focused on whaling or just really like scaring the bejesus out of yourself or riding your, your adventure bike like a 450 moto bike, if you do not plan on doing that, then the Tenere 700 will fit the bill. Yes. And I would totally buy one and have one in my garage, knowing that I'm not going to moto it like a 450 dirt bike. Yeah. But if I was planning on riding these bikes really hard and thrashing it hard like you would a real dirt bike, I would obviously get the 790 Adventure R. There's not even a question. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are comparing the two that are going, should I get this one or that mm -hmm. one? But there's also the question of, are those two customers even the same people because of the difference in price they aren't i mean in my opinion they absolutely aren't yeah, you know exactly so um like i said if any of my friends said should i get a 10 or 700 i'd be like yes and if they asked me if they should get that instead of almost every other adventure bike i would say yes mm. Mm. and with the tenere 700 i mean you're gonna have thousands of dollars to save to, you know, put on accessories, oh, put on bucks. more lights, put on more, you know, cargo carrying equipment, mm -hmm. and and that's the cool thing about this Tenere 700. I think is just this is a real bike that you can ride on the street or ride in the dirt, and you can go places. Yeah, on. yeah. It, and I gotta I gotta reiterate how good it is on the street. It is, it's amazing on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Comfortable. Unbelievable. It's quiet. Like, gets decent shreds. gas mileage. Yeah. We we went up this like twisty mountain road going up to this camping area in Spain. And I mean, it was like a road you wished you had a supermoto bike on. Mm. And the thing ripped. Yeah. It was and, perfect. And those Pirelli Scorpion STR tires, those things just, like we rode on them when we went down to Baja mm -hmm. for on two wheels thing. And yeah. those tires just work so good in everything. They do, they work really well. And they're, um, they're predictable everywhere. They are. They're predictable on the street. They're predictable in the dirt. They're really cool. I like if, those tires. If you made this bike yours, what's the top three accessories you would put on it? I would upgrade the brakes. Mm -hmm. I would probably do some suspension work, and I would probably put more aggressive off-road tires. That's it. That's all I do to it. The rest of it, it's rad. It's cool. Maybe put a pipe on it because that engine sounds really cool with a pipe on it. Oh, it does. It's got like a, even stock, it's got a nice growl. Obviously, it's subdued, but, you know, the pipe would give it yeah, a little it bit would, more it bark. Would give it some more bike bark. And that's all I would do. There's not much else. Oh, maybe a tall rally seat. Ah, the rally seat. The rally we didn't seat. even get into that. Yeah, the rally seat. I think that's the seat that almost everybody's going to want. That seat is really rad. And it's available. That's the cool thing about this Yamaha product is... You can purchase the taller rally seat as an OE accessory. Yep. Conversely, they also have a lower seat. They do. 
and a suspension lowering kit that lowers the, the rear suspension linkage uh, down. So if you're someone who's more height challenged, you can operate this motorcycle yeah, comfortably. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I don't have a, a gigantic, I don't have a big in, inseam. I'm not, I don't have long legs. Um, and I usually always are putting only one foot down on adventure bikes anyways. Mm -hmm. So I really like the rally seat though, because it was, had a little more comfort, a little bit more um, height to it mm -hmm. and padding, but it also allowed you to move forward and backwards on the bike better. Yes, because if I remember correctly, the rally seat is a one-piece unit. It is. Compared to the standard seat, which is actually two-place. Yep. So. Yeah, so I take that back. I, instead of a pipe, I would buy a rally seat. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, guys, if you want to know more about the Tenere 700, you know, make sure to read Justin's review on cycleworld.com. That was labeled as a first rod, I believe, mm -hmm. correct? Yep, first ride. So that was from May last year, 2019. We also published another review, an ancillary review on cycleworld.com titled 790, I'm sorry, Tenere 700 second ride review. Yep. So be sure to read both of our reviews. We both have videos. Both have videos up also on them. So watch those. And uh, yeah. Um, Give us a thumbs up if you like them. Give them us a big yeah. thumbs down if you think we're idiots. Yeah, yeah. You can make fun of uh, how, how rotund I look. on <laughs> I'm used to it. It's not ever going to change. So no matter how much you make fun of me, I'm still going to be a butterball on every bike you see me on. Yep. And my hair is always going to be wild and crazy. I, I cut it. I tried to comb it. And it just doesn't work. I was born yep. this way. We are what we are. We are what we are. But thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Motorcyclist Podcast. Uh, check us out at cycleworld.com and motorcyclistonline.com for all of your bike needs. You know, just talking with Justin today, we got some more topics. We got to talk about helmets. Mm -hmm. I know you and I wanted to talk about the explosion of the adventure bike segment. Yeah, adventure bikes in general. That's definitely a topic that's going to be a good discussion. Yes, so stay tuned and uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Thanks to Arai Helmets for sponsoring this episode. Make sure to get all of its latest updates at AraiAmericas.com.